Well, praise God. Y'all get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would, go to the book of Titus. Imagine that, right? Go to the book of Titus 2.11. How many of y'all have noticed that the world's changed? You know, I don't go anywhere. I mean, I, I, it's, I, I do not go anywhere except Sabinow to give you an idea of my travels. Uh, I just don't go anywhere. I don't, I don't need to go anywhere. I, 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 I do all my work at home, and, and uh, so I don't travel around. And so a, a lot of the things that are going on in the world, like my wife said, well, Robert, that's been going on for a year. And I said, well, I didn't know that, you know, and so... So a lot of it's strange to me. So, you know, it's kind of like what reminds me of, you know, a couple of years ago when y'all blessed us and, and we got to go to the trip to Ireland. I mean, when you got off of the airport, you knew you, were in, you weren't home, right? I mean, everything's different. The, 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 everything, the street signs, everything, everything is different. Everything, you know, you try to go to a gas pump to fill up with gas and the gas pump looks strange. Everything's strange. Everything's different. And so, you know, you realize you're in a foreign land, but what's happening to what I feel like when I get out, and this week I, I took a short trip to West Texas, and so I was just going that direction, which is, you know, even getting more remote. But uh, uh, just being around people and being around businesses and being around, uh, you know, everything masked up and everything going on and, and just going around and seeing all this, it, it made me feel very strange. And it made me see because I'm, I'm like... I'm like the oddity because I'm not used to this, right? And so I'm just now experiencing it, and I step in the middle of it, and I'm like, wow, the world's changed. I mean, like, I feel like I'm in a foreign land because I don't know what the rules are now. I don't know who's going to jump on me. I don't know who's going to holler at me, who's going to tell me to get a mask on. I don't know who's going to tell me to do this, what's going on. The weirdest thing was is I uh, went into a restaurant, and, and uh, God bless them, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it, but there was two DPS officers that come in all in uniform with their black gaiters up to here. And I just look at it, I was like, man, the good guys are not supposed to be wearing a mask. I mean, it just uh, goes into my brain and my brain can't process it. I'm like, this is strange. Why am I seeing this? This, all these strange things around, okay? And so it, 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 it obviously lets us know that the world's changing, right? And I just want to tell y'all, uh, if you want to know pastor's perspective on things, I do not think the world's going to get better. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just telling you like it is. I don't think that the craziness is going to end. I don't think it's going to stop. I, I, I think we're stuck in it. I think that it's just going to get crazier and crazier. But I think all of that opens up an avenue for the power of God to move and for God to be moving big. And so on one hand, this is weird, but on the other hand, we're going to get to see the power of God moving. And so I just have to quit focusing on the craziness. Amen. You know, I went into a convenience store and uh, I, I was looking at it and I'm just like, because see, I'm, I'm a very rational thinker. Okay. Like if, they issued all of us full hazmat suits with our own oxygen packs that we had to wear continually when you came out of the house. I could say, hey, we might be stopping a virus. But when people have everything strapped, strapped across their face that you could imagine, I'm like, it's not doing any good. You're, that virus slipped out of that one, I guarantee you. <laughs> but I went to the convenience store to check out, and they had a plexiglass deal between me and the person, and I understand that, right? But there was no way to pass what I was trying to purchase through the plexiglass. And I'm like, what imbecile came up with this idea? And so the person said, well, just push it through. And I said, how do I push it through? You got no hole big enough. Well, then I realized it was a swinging one. So now I got to push this thing through there. Well, I mean, that didn't do any good. My hands touched it. And so I don't like stupidity. Again, you walk up, you put your deal in there, whoosh, some kind of something went all over it, whoosh, sucked into the other side, sucked back. I'd be saying, hey, I'm kind of impressed. I think disinfected everything. Yeah, it's good. That piece of glass didn't help. So I just don't like stupidity. It's just really dumb. I'm really irritated, since I'm on this subject, that nobody's telling us what you need to be doing. 
And I want to tell you what you need to be doing right now. You need to be building your immunity systems. We've got Dr. Brown over there. He preached Wednesday night. Um, not necessarily on this topic, but he's got other topics on health. You need to be building your immunity system. You need to be strong. Did you know that your body has NK cells that float around your body all the time? Natural killer cells. I like to think that I've got natural killer cells on the inside of me floating around just looking for something to kill. It really excites me. I'm speaking to them now. I'm naming them and speaking to them. I got Fred. Fred runs all over the place, man. I said, get him, Fred. Boy, get in there and kill him, old snake. Anything coming me on like, get that baby and kill him. And Fred, he's a bulldog, man. But you know, Fred needs vitamins. He needs exercise to keep himself healthy. But nobody's telling us this. Where is the protocol to build our immunity systems? Where is the protocol for that? Hello? Are y'all with me? Anyone. So the world's nuts, but we can't be. We have to be rock solid. We have to be right now people that are prepared for what's coming up on the face of the earth more than ever before. Okay. Now, the book of Titus chapter two, I started this a couple of weeks ago talking about the Titus effect. And I, I, I just feel this is a, is a plan for us. It's something I, I can see. Just, it's just evident to me. I hope it's coming across to y'all that, that God has a plan for us to walk in his grace. Because grace is what's going to get you through all of this. So it says in Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation. 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 So that's like saying the river that brings the ship. Hello? The grace of God that brings salvation. The river that brings the ship. What's going to bring salvation into your life? Salvation, not just getting saved and going to heaven, but salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means everything that you need. What's going to be bringing everything that you need into your life is this river of grace flowing into your life. Grace is not just a, something that makes up for our mistakes. It's what brings the power of God into our lives. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deeds and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works, speaking these things, exhorting, rebuking with all authority, and let no one despise you. Titus? Had a, Paul gave Titus a plan, a plan to put in. That's what I've been talking about these last few weeks. Because let me tell you something, adversity will come. No one of us, none of us are going to be exempt from adversity. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We're all going to have adversity. Some people seem to walk through more adversity than others, but it doesn't make any difference. All of us are going to have adversity. And some people have adversity, and you look at it and think, that ain't adversity. You ought to see what I was walking through. Hello? But to them, it's adversity. That's immaterial. Quit looking at that. Just realize adversity is going to come to you. All right? But what you do with adversity, hello? Come on now. What you do with adversity in that moment sets the outcome for your future. Is this, this is a quote from Dr. Richards this morning. It's what you do with the adversity in that moment. That sets the outcome in your future. But we get so upset over the adversity coming. We get so upset that adversity is coming, jump up and down, and why did this adversity come, and what's happening, oh my God, what's this, and whatever, and then the devil plays on that, and then he gets in your mind, and he starts saying, oh, it's because you're a sinner, because you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel, because you didn't do this right. So then you're over here saying, oh, woe is me. And you're spending too much, so much time in woe is me rather than just saying, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? The grace that brings salvation to me, what do I need to do so I can get the power of God flowing in my life and find victory? Okay? Because in your DNA, just like in your DNA, you have these NK cells floating around. You in your DNA as a child of God, you are an overcomer. Everybody say, I'm an overcomer. Come on. Everybody say, I'm a conqueror. Inside of you, you may say, well, I don't really like to conquer. I mean, conquering's not really. 
I don't want to beat people up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about defeating the devil. I'm talking about defeating the enemy. I'm talking about defeating the, defeating the temptations and the adversity that comes to you. All of y'all are conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Hello? It's in your DNA as a child of God. When you were born again, it got put in you. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, you're the temple of the living God, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So therefore, the conqueror is in you. You're built for warfare against the devil. But if the devil gets you all twisted up and gets you turned around and gets you not looking right, Get you all over here looking at the wrong things, not walking in the Titus effect. Then what happens is, is you're spending your time over here saying, what is this? Why is this happening? Rather than just defeating it. Amen. So the Titus effect, I'm just going to go over real quick because it's, it's been in back message. And I got to go on. But the first thing is, is that you got to realize salvation. It's the power of God coming to you. Salvation is more than just getting to heaven. It's the package of everything that you need. The second thing is, is that you have to be willing. Listen to me. If you don't believe what I'm saying this morning, if you don't believe that this is going to work, if you say, well, I think, Pastor, he just, you know, he just a little excited this morning, you know, and he, you know, and, and you take that attitude and you're not willingly going to believe the word of God. You're not willingly going to give yourself to Jesus, not willingly give yourself to the grace of God, not willingly say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. I just believe your plan you're not doing that. Well, then, folks, listen to me. You still got your own finger in the pot and you're messing things up. You're working for a company, but you're still thinking you're the boss. And you haven't realized you're not. All right. The third thing is, is that we have to be aware. OK, we have to become aware. Folks, listen to me. I'm just saying people are walking around the world today and they are not aware of what's going on. They just go listen to the news to try to figure out what they need to do. And they're not even figured out yet that the news is just, you know, talking points for whoever wants what to be pushed. I mean, have y'all noticed no one died of the flu this year? Nobody even got the flu this year. Flu is non-existent. We don't even hear about the flu. There ain't no flu. Flu. Everybody's like, flu? What flu? There's nothing being reported about the flu. Nobody got it. But we have to desire to live godly. We have to desire to live in righteousness. I, more than anything, I just want a righteous world. I want to see a righteous world. I want to see that there be a righteous judge. And I want to know that Jesus is it because I know he will judge righteously. Even if I get in trouble, I deserved it. Hello? Because he's righteous. We have to desire that. We have to believe that his grace is the river that's flowing in our life. All right? The, the fifth thing was is we have to look for our... Uh, for Jesus coming back. We have to look for our eternal destiny. You'd be a surprise. I started looking at it and I didn't get them all down, but there is time and time and time a place in here that it says that looking to Jesus coming back or looking to eternity, it perfects us and it purifies us. So you getting your thoughts on going to heaven, you having thoughts of Jesus is coming back, you having thoughts of those, it does something to you. The same as if you think you're an idiot, and you walk around saying, I'm an idiot. And you're saying, no, I'm not going to make it. And I'm stupid and all that. It does something to you also. Amen. And then the sixth thing was, is we need to be telling others they're going the wrong direction. Amen. And the seventh one is we needed to be declaring this out of our mouth. We need to be speaking it all the time. Oh, man. I tell you what, when adversity came uh, this past week to me, I had to just stop. I just got to where now. I just, uh, the song Amazing Grace means something totally different to me. I just stop and I sing Amazing, amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. A saved wretch like me, the Titus effect is working in me, and grace is abounding towards me. Now, you know, I don't see the, the light doesn't break, and then everything went perfect. I wish it would, but it didn't work that way. But you know what? I got through it. I was okay, kept my joy, walked on through it, got, got on the other end. Oh, it's like this. Now, this is a good one for you, okay? Because y'all pray things like this. <clears throat> I never have fixed the water pipes under my house that broke during the snow because it went to outside water and it's had it shut off. But now I'm needing some outside water. And so I said, okay, Lord, I just thank you for your grace. It bounced towards me. I'm going to go into the house, which I have to crawl. 
under the house. And I want to get these fixed. I think I'll need two couplings and two elbows. So I crawl underneath my two couplings and my two elbows. I'm working my way through, crawling through the house, come across a piece of pipe that's broke. It's not broke. It's split about this far. So yeah, okay, I got enough pipe. I can fix that. But I better check some more down the way. And I start crawling, 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 crawling. I get down there. Uh-oh. Here's another six foot of pipe just exploded. So then I crawl on around, get around a little bit farther. I just said, I'm just crawling out. <laughs> just destroyed. Now, before I went under the hole, I said, now, Lord, I know it's not right for me to be praying that, you know, like, I only have breaks that two couplings and two elbows will fix, but it would be nice. <laughs> so then I get out, and I wanted to say, <clears throat> yeah, way to go, Lord. And my wife said, what are you going to do? I said, call the plumber. <laughs> Grace abounds much. <laughs> Believe me, I crawled under the big part of the house. The other side gets smaller. Don't think I fit. I size it. I said, nah, ain't going to fit down there no more. Okay, so but adversity comes, right? And what happens is you can't get stopped on your journey. You can't get stopped walking in the Titus effect. If you get stopped, get sidetracked, and get over here trying to figure out, I could sit around all day long and say, oh, Lord, why did those pipes break? They shouldn't have broke. There should have been no reason why they broke. They were under the house covered in dirt behind a wall this thick, and they broke. Nothing else broke. They broke. Why did the worst pipes break? Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Why did this happen? What did I do wrong that the pipes broke? I could sit around all day long doing that or just call the plumber. Do you see what I'm saying, church? The devil gets us twisted all up in other things till we get so distracted we're not on focus of what we really need to be focused on, okay? So don't let anything stop you on your journey, okay? We're going to walk through the trials of life. We're going to grow, and we're going to abound, and grace is going to have its work in us. That's the way it goes, all right? So I want you to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 20. I touched on this before because I'm still reviewing here. I ain't got to the meat this morning. There's still having the hors d'oeuvre. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Grace abounded more than sin. Well, that word there, if you look it up in the Greek, it says where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. It's like it's the, the word, but it's got hypo on it. So it's like, like, like you say, it's hypersonic. Grace abounded with sin, but where sin abounded, grace supersonically abounded much more. All right? So grace is always bigger than sin. There is no sin that grace can't abound over. So no matter how many ridiculous things you may do in life, there's always more grace to cover it than the sin could abound in it. Now, I'll give you all an example here. Uh, which may work for some of you and may not. If you've ever dealt with sheetrock mud, okay? Sheetrock mud, you're gonna, you, you take a wall and you, know, and you, you, you put sheetrock mud on it, you tape it, you cover up all the holes, the spots, the nail holes, the screw holes, whatever you've done, right? That's what the whole purpose of putting sheetrock mud is, is to smooth it out and make it look right, correct? Okay, and so by smoothing this little thin sheetrock mud over it, it covers up the imperfections. That's what grace is doing to you. God's grace always abounds more. No matter how many imperfections you may have, his grace can, can go over that and cover it up if you'll just work with it. But if you keep going over there trying to mess with it yourself and cover up the imperfections, you usually end up with a mess. You've got to have sheetrock mud. You've got to use mud to cover it up, right? And there is a little sanding involved. So anyway... It abounds much more. So now go to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able. Everybody say God's able. Come on, say it like you really mean. God's able. It says, God's able to make all grace abound towards you. <laughs> no matter what jam you're in, no matter what place you're in, no matter what you've gotten yourself involved in, God's able to make his grace abound towards you. But God is not going to make his grace abound towards you if you're not willing. I just don't understand how a person, I hear it all the time, 
They reject God, reject God, reject God, reject God. Then when something happens that they don't like, they say, why didn't God do this? And I'm like, I don't understand that theology. You've rejected God and all along the deal, and now you're mad at him because he didn't do anything. The atheists will say, well, if God was real, he'd have done this. You're not even wanting God involved. But then when something bad happens, oh, look at her. Right? It's ridiculous. But God is able to make grace abound towards you if you will allow him to. But if you're going to say, no, I think I can work this one out, Lord. I can, I can make it. I can go one more step. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're in charge. You've not given your free will over to him. The problem is you're in the way. He wants to make grace abound towards you. The attitude to take is, Lord, I want the tightest speck work in my life. I'm an idiot. I'm going to mess it up. I can't do it. Lord, I repent for everything I've done. I need your grace inside of me. Show me what to do. I'm just going to take a step and believe, God, your grace is with me. That's how to be walking. Not, oh, man, I think I can figure this one out. I can do this one. Lord, if you can do those, then I'll do this. You think he needs your help? Come on. You think he really needs your help, your assistance? The God that created the heavens and earth and all therein? Mm. Okay. So if you start allowing this grace to abound towards you, the result of this, the result of the Titus effect is John 7, 37. This is the result of it. Jesus is speaking. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. So anyone thirsty, let him come to me. So again, that's kind of like you're doing it his way, right? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, he believes in me. As the scripture said, out of his heart, that's, that's the person's heart, his heart. It's a little H there. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If you want rivers of living water to flow out of you to a world, to everybody around you, you want those rivers to just be touching and transforming people all around you, then you have to allow the grace of God to come flowing in you and working in you as you turn to Jesus for the one who's got the living water. But if you want to keep being in charge, you want to keep getting your two cents worth in, you keep wanting to do it your way, okay? And so what I think is funny about the times we're in right now is that we've got this, this cancel culture going on, you know, where they're trying to cancel everything out. And, uh, you know, they want to, you can't say this, you can't talk about this, you can't do this, you can't say that, this and this and that and the other and the other. But then if we have anything to say, well, then off with their heads. And I'm like, yeah, y'all are, want us to be lenient, but then if we don't be lenient, then y'all don't care about us. So isn't that hypocritical? It drives me nuts. It's like, <clears throat> this doesn't work. Like what you're talking about, it has to be everything the same, okay? So here we go. So out of your heart flows rivers of living water. What is that going to do? It's going to, touch the, it's going to touch the world. This is what I'm talking about. If we're going through the adversity and we walk in the grace of God and walk in the Titus effect, then out of your heart flows rivers of living water. Yeah, this is how it over here is crazy, but over here we're seeing victory and miracles. Listen, there's a lot of people talking about Jesus right now. There's a lot of people worried about what's coming. Yeah, they are. They may not be saying anything. They may not have graced the doors of the church yet, but... They're thinking, hey, what's going on? Is Jesus about to come back? Because all you parents have sowed in your children over the years, these things, these ideas, these thoughts of God, heaven, hell, all these things are there. And uh, they're starting to wonder. Yeah, there's a bunch of lunatics out there that aren't, but that's their issue, right? They can deal with it. But there's a lot who are. So it's, it's setting up a great end-time harvest is setting up a great awakening for people to, 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 to wake up and see what's really going on. So, <clears throat> I think I've covered the Titus effect. I think I've covered what you need to be doing, the application of it. Now, let's start looking at, at, at a few things from this 
of what makes this all work, okay? So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. You really only have one gauge in you to look at to see if you're walking truly in grace and truly submitted to the will of God, truly lordship. You only have one gauge in you, and that gauge is your heart, okay? Now, 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? I say this, and, and listen to me, you can't, I, I, really, I really believe 100% that I'm right. So you're going to have a hard time convincing me I'm not. I believe every one of you in here, everyone listening and watching, everyone in here, you know what's in your heart. Don't tell me, oh, I didn't know that. You know what's in your heart. If there's a secret, if there's something you're hiding, if there's something that's a little dark, if there's something that's not right, you know it. I don't have to come up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, thus saith the Lord. I see wickedness within your heart. I don't have to tell you that. You know it. If there's bitterness in your heart, if there's jealousy in your heart, if there's envy, lust, you know it. Don't tell me you don't. Don't let it be a surprise to you and say, oh, I never thought about that. No. You did. In your dark, in the dark of night, in your own quiet time, you know what's in your heart. Okay? So the judge, the measure, the gauge of your relationship with Jesus, you already know what it is because you know your heart. If you want to know how you're progressing in your relationship with Jesus, you know it. You know what's in your heart. If you want to know, you know, am I right with God? You know it in your own heart. Your heart is the measure. It's the gauge. It's what's telling you where you are in life. If you're, just think about it. How many times have you, you know, gotten in an altercation with somebody or whatever and then sat down and quietly said, well, did I do anything wrong? At first, there's emotions in a man. I didn't do anything wrong. Person did you shouldn't have said what he said, and you take off. But then all of a sudden, as you sit there for a minute, you think, "Well, maybe I shouldn't have done that, or maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I should have left that alone, or maybe I should have been more compassionate." Or, come on, you see, has that ever happened to anybody? Please give me at least a little amen. Quit acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, my point is. I'm, that's an encouraging thing. Listen to me. Come on, give me a hand. Anybody that that's ever happened to, can I, will you raise your hand big up high and say, yes, that's me? Okay. Now, good news. Because you did that and you knew it, that is what I'm talking about. You know what's in your heart. That's your gauge. That's the good thing. It's like a person came up to me one time and said, ah, Pastor, I mean, this has been years ago. I'm really concerned. I think, I think I may have committed the unpardonable sin. I think I may have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And I said, really? I said, what are you thinking about it? And he said, well, I'm, man, I don't want to blaspheme. I don't want to go to hell. I feel really bad about it. I believe in Jesus and all, but I think I just, my ignorance may have done it. And I said, ha! okay, you just answered your own question. Because someone who's blaspheming the Holy Spirit does not care. You care, therefore you have it. They're like, oh, oh thank God. This is what I'm telling you. You you may look at that and say, oh, I I feel guilty. I did that. No, no, no. Rejoice because you listened to your heart. You heard your heart. You heard what I'm talking about right now. You know what's inside your heart. Okay, so quit ignoring it. Right? If you want to walk in the tightest effect, quit ignoring it. I didn't see that. No, your heart's going, hello, we need to do some repenting. Don't say, I didn't hear it. What, did y'all hear anything? No, I didn't hear anything. Just deal with it. You know what's in your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs forth the issues of life. Out of your heart's going to spring. Your heart is the key catalyst to bring in the grace of God and to come into your life. That's why a person who gets in unforgiveness 
ends up in life getting sick. It starts eventually affecting their whole body. They walk in unforgiveness, walk in hatred. They just won't turn loose of it, won't let it go. It starts eating them up from the inside. Why? Because their heart meter's off. Therefore, the enemy has a flow through there rather than grace and power having a flow through there. And they pray all the time, Lord, I'm sick. I need you to help me. Okay, get the heart right. And I'll flow in with grace. Oh, it is. The problem also is, church, we've gotten to this place in life. Hear me now. We've gotten to this place in life that we want to see a dramatic something happen. In other words, we're not satisfied with just to pray and believe. We want to see something. We want to feel something. We want an electrical charge. We want to be knocked to the floor by the power of the Holy Ghost. We want something to happen. When the real truth is, if you get your heart right and get that valve open right and get everything off of there and get it working, okay, right, and letting that grace flow through and the Titus effect's taking a place, then God just starts doing it, and you may not even feel it. You may not even necessarily see anything happening, and, and then all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, I'm, what's happened? I'm, I'm healed. I'm, I feel happy again. I'm okay. Well, see, God's working because the heart valve's open. But if it's not open because of all this stuff's got it clogged up, or you shut it because you're not putting up with it anymore because ain't nobody going to hurt you again because somebody did hurt you. Listen to me, folks. If you're at that place in life right now, because I real, feel real strong about that right now, if you're at the place in life where you shut your heart valve off because you're not going to let yourself be hurt again because somebody hurt you, you're in a dangerous situation. And you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to repent. You need to ask God to let that grace start flowing through there and heal you. Because if you don't, you're going to get yourself in some serious situations because you're not going to hear God in the days ahead. Listen to me. When Jesus said about turning the other cheek, all right, I don't know how literal that means. Like if somebody comes up and slaps you, you turn the other cheek. Okay, I don't know how literal that is. I have my own kind of interpretation of that scripture. But what I do know that it means beyond a shadow of a doubt is that if somebody comes up and offends you, somebody comes up and does something to you, you need to get it straight inside your heart so that it does not restrict the flow of grace coming into your life. Otherwise, they're going to win because you're going to make yourself sick. And I don't know how many times I have prayed with my teeth gritted, and God, I can't believe I have to forgive that person. But I am not going to let this get to me. And it was a pretty prayer. It wasn't like rose petals fell from the heaven and a light shone. And I said, oh, Lord, I just love to forgive and walk like this. No, no, no. It didn't happen like that. It was with my teeth grit. But I know that if I don't keep my heart with all diligence, there ain't going to be no life springing out of me. And I don't want to ruin my marriage and my children and everybody around me and all the people around me and start preaching hell, fire, and damnation every Sunday just because I'm mad. Y'all should say a big amen. Amen. Because <laughs> I've thought about it before. I'm just angry coming here and just beat y'all up. <laughs> but, you know, keep my heart right. Okay, go to Luke 6, 45. Luke 6, 45. I'm going to show you this. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. <laughs> a good man out of the, where did he bring it forth from? Huh. Wow. He brings it out of his heart. Oh, but a, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Oh, so this treasure's brought out of your heart. Well, then Proverbs is right. You need to keep it with all diligence. Because that's the valve that the grace is flowing through. Now, let me show you another one. Matthew 15, 17. Matthew 15, 17. You have a choice to either be supernatural or common. Let me show you this. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed from the mouth come from the... Ah, I mean, what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Oh, 
and they defile a man. Okay, this is what's funny. Religious people, we want to say, we want to get into this about whatever you say out of your mouth is going to, you know, is going to defile you. And so we get into this who don't say anything. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't deal with the heart, it don't make no difference what comes out of your mouth. So you can say the right thing out of your mouth, out of your head. Because I've known people before that could quote the Bible forwards and backwards, quote the scriptures. Matter of fact, Jesus said there's people that did miracles and signs and wonders, but didn't go to heaven. Because they didn't know him. I've heard people, I've known Christian people that can quote the Bible. But there's no fruit in their life. Why? Because their hearts are still sealed up. But what? look at this. Those things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. You know, the word defile there, it means make common. Now, it is used in a religious sense of like, you know, like the, the whatever, the utensil in the, that was being used in the temple got ceremonially unclean because someone touched it who shouldn't have or, you know, a fly sat on it. But the root of the word, the common uses of the Greek word, that means it just means to make common. Not, I'm adding this, means to make common, my addition, not supernatural. So what he's saying here is, wait a minute, whatever enters a man's mouth, okay, that's eliminated. But he says, but those things that proceed from the mouth come from the heart, they defile a man, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So let's turn this around. If you want to be supernatural, you get your heart right, then out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak, and it's going to create a supernatural encounter. Are y'all following me here? He said, if bad things come into your mouth, it's just going to make you common. In other words, you're not supernatural. You're not walking as a child of God. You're not walking in the power of God. You're not walking in what God's got for you. So if you get the heart right, keep the heart right, well, then the good treasure that comes out of it is going to be supernatural in everything that you do. Let me prove this a little more. 1 John 3 and 20. 1 John 3, 20, 21, excuse me, 1 John 3, 21. It says, beloved of our, what is that word? Huh. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Now, do you see what this is saying? It says, if you keep your heart, it gives you confidence towards God. And then everything you ask comes yours. Do you see, the church, the importance of keeping your heart? Listen, there is a heart disease amongst Christians because they've not kept their heart. They've let bitterness, envy, and strife, self-seeking be in their hearts. And it's damaged their hearts. And it's damaged their goods. But I'm here today to tell you that the grace of God can restore it all. If you'll only be willing. You say, oh, Brother Robert, you don't know how bad it's been. It's terrible. No, God can heal it. There ain't nothing that's so bad God can't heal. When I was, I didn't, I, I've lived this, I've walked in this, and never understood it in my Christian walk. In my early years, I was walking in this and didn't understand what I was doing. I was just following the Holy Ghost and just walking, but I didn't have any knowledge to teach this. And one day I'm driving down the road, and we have, you know, y'all know my story. You know, we grew up on a ranch. We, we, we had a large ranch, and then we went broke in the 80s, and the bank foreclosed on us, called our note overnight, and we couldn't pay the money, and the bank took it from us. And so one day I'm worth millions, and the next day I'm absolutely broke. I had, I had all the, 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 the resources I needed. I had, you know, uh, 2,500 acres to run around on, 5,000 acres we lease, you know, when all the placemen had land, tractors, everything in the world, horses, cattle, you just can't imagine everything we had. And then one day, like that, it's gone. I drove off the ranch in a, in a truck I couldn't afford to put fuel in. And so, man, it broke my heart. 
I mean, this is the family ranch. Been in the ranch for over 100 years, you know, and, and it was a family ranch and it was my whole life was gone and my heart was broken. My heart was messed up. And I loved Jesus and I got saved and everything was going along. But man, my heart was broken over this. And every time I drive by somebody's ranch, I wouldn't even drive up the road where the ranch was because I didn't want to see it. It hurt so bad. And I would think about this and it would always be. And one day I'm driving down the road and I said, God, I, you know me. You know, I love you. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. But this hurts. And I said, I want to ask. I ask you, can you is there anything you can do to get rid of this thing, this pain in my heart? And as I'm driving to work to go be a carpenter for five dollars an hour. I'm telling you, the power of God came in that truck. And in a split second, I didn't see nothing, didn't see no smoke, didn't see no. Nothing, didn't see, no, there wasn't a big angel came and sat by me. God didn't get the Holy Ghost scalpel out or nothing that I saw. Are y'all with me? I didn't feel, as I'm driving. If I would have felt that, I'd have figured I had a flat tire in that old truck. I'm telling you, I just prayed from my heart. I said, Jesus, man, you got to do something about this. And boom, something happened like an instant flash inside of my heart. And it no longer hurt anymore. I no longer was upset about it. Now, how did that happen? It's a, well, it was a miracle. No. What it truly was, was 1 John 3.21, 3.21 coming about because my heart was right towards God. Anything I asked him, he was willing to give me. And when I needed relief from the pain, it was there. That's how... God moves. You don't have to find the, you know, the greatest faith healer in the world. I mean, maybe that's where you are. Need some help. But I'm telling you, this is the relationship that God wants with us, that our hearts don't condemn us. And our relationship with God is so glorious that boom, he just comes in there and does what we need. He knew I could never progress on because of the pain. And so, boom, he removed it. He said, that's weirdy. I don't know. I believe in all that supernatural stuff. Folks, listen to me. We've got to have supernatural power in our life to get through this crazy world we're living in. The hurts and the pains and the things that are coming. Folks, your heart's kept. Then seal. Because anything you ask God, he'll do. Is that not what it said? Is the Bible true or not? And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do these things. Oh, well, that's it. Oh, you don't keep his commandments. Where's the grace? You're walking in grace. Grace is covering up all those imperfections because it's the river that's bringing salvation into your life. We should be living a supernatural world every day. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just because, you, you know, you, 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 you got into the whatever. We should be living a supernatural relationship with this almighty God that created the heavens and the earth. And he's just working in our lives and we're flowing and we're going and we're moving. Woo! And if you're not feeling it, something wrong in the heart. Sit down, stop and look inside your heart to see what's wrong. And you know it. And don't tell me you don't. I don't see that nothing wrong. I don't know. I don't know why God's not doing anything. I just don't hear the voice of God anymore. I don't see God's not doing anything. Uh, <clears throat> have you checked inside your heart lately? Well, nothing wrong with me. I ain't wrong. Oh, that's a sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> Hello? We're so, we, we humans are, we're just like the strangest beast on earth. I mean, honestly. And I worry about us. All right? I mean, because, and, and listen, don't get offended with this. Just listen, hear me out. This is a, the, our whole world around us changed so quickly within this last year because of the coronavirus. All right? And everybody was just willing to do it. I just wonder how, how, how much would people be willing to give up? And not based upon science. Truth. Because someone told them they should. And that scares me. I'm like, really? I can see where people, they say, if you don't get 
I mean, I'm telling you, this is what I believe. This is, sounds terrible, but this is what I believe. I mean, they could have Beelzebub himself passing out the mark of the beast. I mean, the cloven hoof pitchfork, whole nine yards, standing there, spires dripping from his nose, and says, you have to take the mark. Everybody say, or what? Or you can't buy food or you can't do anything. Say, well, gosh, I've got to eat here. I mean, that's where it's looking. I mean, it's like, well, we're going to have to cut your arm off. Okay, well, can you make it the opposite? I'm right-handed. I've always met, this is not, I I can't quote you the scripture right now, but there's a, in in 1 Samuel, there's a chapter where the the town was getting attacked, and they said, okay, I tell you what, we won't attack it and burn your city down, but we want all the men to come out, we're going to poke your eye out. One. And the people said, well, uh, can we think about this tonight and then tomorrow we'll come out if nobody helps us? What? You're going to give up your eye? You're just going to walk out and say, okay, well, it's better than the whole city burning. Poke her out. But I'm seeing the world like that. I'm seeing people truly being like sheep going up and saying, well, so why do you want me to lay my hand on this, my head on this block? Uh, I'm, fo- I'm like, folks, can we wake up a little bit and learn some truth here and do a little bit of research and find a little stuff out. But people don't want to look at their hearts. People don't want to look at that. Why? Because they don't want to deal with it. Shoving Twinkies. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. (laughs) Shoving Twinkies under your mask, eating them is not going to protect you. You need to fix your immunity system, okay? But I'm telling you, there's people. I'm going to get in such trouble over this, but. But just think about it. It's okay to go to a restaurant and take your mask off to eat, but then you got to get it back on. Well, what happened to the coronavirus? It just laid on the table and waited like a, like a gnat over here that just sat there for a minute until you. Uh, okay, they have their mask down, but it doesn't make any difference, you know. And just right there and then put it back on. Now it's going around. I mean, I don't understand. Like I'm telling y'all, I would go for hazmat suits, right? Or something that went like space age, moving like better than George Jetson kind of thing. Not like a bubble, like a fishbowl, but some cool looking Viking thing you put over your head, suck down your own air pack. You're breathing your own air. Hey, man, I might like that. I mean, you know, there's some restrooms I go into. I wish I had some of that kind of stuff. I'd be all in for that. Have little like guns that could shoot out the top or something. But I'm telling you truth here today, church. Amen? I'm telling you truth. But you have to be willing to walk in it. You have to be willing to look at your heart. You have to be willing to, to, to allow the grace of God to flow through. You have to be willing to trust that Jesus has a plan that's a better plan than you could ever imagine. Amen. Amen. And it really boils down, I'll give you the last scripture. James 4, 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil, no flee. That word submit means to arrange under, to become subordinate. See, we don't want to hear subordinate because you want to be in charge. Be subject to, put in subjection, to subject oneself, to obey to submit to one's control, to yield to one's admonition or advice. See, we don't want to hear that. So when you put your heart under the, the submission of the Lord, when you truly says, well, you know, the Bible's true, and we're going to have to do it. Well, you know, quit coming up with your own doctrines. When the Bible says in the book of Revelations, it says, you know, you know woe to the person who adds to or subtracts from this. Well, some of you hadn't written it down, but you've added to it or taken away. When it says love your neighbor, and you, but you took an X-Acto knife and cut that out and highlighted the ones you liked, it doesn't work that way. Amen? Okay, so praise God. Everybody say, I got it. You're going to do it. I know you are. Y'all are going to be telling me about supernatural things coming about. But listen to me. You're going to have to 
do the first step, which means you're going to have to spend some alone time with yourself and look in your heart. And when you see it, repent. It's like husbands. <clears throat> when you ask your wife the question, is everything okay? And she says, it's fine. You know it's not. It's fine means there's trouble, and to me it means I just pray to God it ain't me. Okay? So when you ask your heart, is, heart, is everything okay? And your heart says, it's fine. You know it's not. Amen? So stand up. Can I have my prayer team come down? If you're out there listening or watching or even in here, we get this prayer team down here because, you know, it's not for their good looks and their health. <clears throat> it's because, folks, prayer works. And if you don't know, if, when you look in your heart, if you're right with God, well, then the Bible is really simple. It says if you'd confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Him, you'd be saved. You know down inside your heart of hearts whether you're right with God or not. I don't have the ability. I do not have the heart meter. I do not have the heart gauge. I can't see it. But you know it. And if you're not right with God, well, then right now what you need to do is you need to make sure you are right with him by asking him to come in your life. Pray a simple prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life. And he will. If you're in here today, that's why the prayer team's up here to pray with you. You may need to pray about something else. You may have a situation you're going through. This message may have sparked something within your own heart that you need to forgive somebody or you need to repent about something. That's why we're here. We're not here to know your dirty laundry. We're not here to, 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 to gauge you or size you up. We're here to see the power of God move in your life. So if you need prayer, they're here. Come up and you'll see the grace of God bring salvation into your life. But right now, I want you just to do something. I want to just pray over you. I want to pray over each and every one of you. I'm believing, God, that this prayer is going to affect you. And if, you're, if this message is sinking into you and you're really desiring it, well, then get your faith stretched out and grab hold of it. But Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone who's heard this message. I believe that they are going to look into their hearts today, and I believe, Lord God, they're going to get it right. And that, that salvation is going to begin to flow through their life. And as, as grace flows through their lives, bringing salvation to their life, Lord, they're going to see the Titus effect coming upon them. And it's going to be glorious of the supernatural events because we're not going to be common people. We're going to be supernatural people. We're going to be overcomers. We're going to be conquerors. And so, Lord, I pray over each and every one of them that, Lord, that they will have the, the ability, the strength, to look into their hearts, to do what First John said, Lord, if our heart's right, then Lord, you're here to answer all of our prayers. So Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost working upon all of us, Lord, and moving within all of us. I believe you, Lord God, today that this message changes people's lives. I believe you, Lord God, it sets us on a path for victory for what's coming. And so, Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here for you if you need us.